Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sorry. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. All right, welcome back to another episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts as always. I am Eric. And I am Russ. We have a truly legendary topic today. Uh, but before we get into that, we have a few quick reminders and announcements. Please remember to like, subscribe, rate, and review wherever it is that you choose to listen. Uh, and also go to projectcapestudio.com. You'll find links to our socials and our shop over at TeePublic, uh, right all on the one page there. And uh, don't be stingy and share us with your friends and family. Uh, all right, let's get down to business. This is our final episode of the 2020 year, uh, which has been a dumpster fire of a year. But yep. uh, we're, we're glad that we're kind of wrapping stuff up on such a good note here. Uh, and our main story is the history of the Aaron's company, the official snow throwing champions as we've you know, we've, we've given them that name. Uh, we also have great Wisconsin music from the band feed the dog. And we have a tasty ass beer review and another edition of how many locos you at. And of course we have a special interview with young blood beer company. So stay tuned. So the year is 1933. The United States is in pretty rough condition as a whole. Uh, in fact, this is considered the worst year of the Great Depression. Um, the uh, er, Henry Aarons just lost his family's 40-year-old business, which was Brilliant Ironworks, uh, to bankruptcy and just the conditions of the uh, economy during that time. Uh, this didn't stop Aaron's uh, and his three sons and him headed back into their garage and got to work. Uh, with only $3,000 of borrowed funds, they built their first walk-behind rotary tiller uh, called the Model A. The Aaron's company was born. Critical to the success of growers, uh, commercial and otherwise, in the late 30s, the Aaron's tillers were not an overnight success and actually weren't well received right away at all. Uh, determination and persistence would help Aaron's keep his blades in the dirt, and soon the Model A was joined by the Model B, uh, the multi-tiller, and the roller tiller. In 1941, uh, World War II was at the center of everyone's efforts, and like many businesses, Aaron's had to switch gears and start producing more war-affiliated items. Uh, in fact, the United States Army commissioned the Aaron's company to build 300 of the T-9 paracasins to use in the invasion of Sicily uh, that that army mission was codenamed Operation Husky so you can actually go take a take a you know a little uh, walk down the internet lane and see what Operation Husky and the invasion of Sicily was all about um, building and delivering all 300 of these on time the Aaron's company was awarded the army's coveted ordinance award Wow. so I mean and, and they had you know a nice uh, uh, little gathering for that a little ceremony which was great 
So after the war, uh, the Aaron's company responded to the country's need for greater food production, and they engineered some truly great products. Uh, the Aaron's Tillivator, which could cultivate 16 rows at a time, which is wow. huge at this point. Um, it was a huge part of the company's success. So at this time, Aaron's also entered the residential market, uh, and this is where we see the first snow throw attachment. So uh, in the United States at this time, uh, it was becoming more common for families to have homes in suburbs. The suburb life was kind of becoming a thing, the white picket fence, cars in their garages, and riding lawnmowers as well. So Aaron's introduced the Yardster, which included the first snow throw attachment. In 1956, Henry Aarons unfortunately passed away, which led to leadership changing over to his son, uh, Steve Leon, and or his son, Steve Leon and Francis. So uh, the Aarons Imperial Riding Lawnmower set standards. But again, switching focus, a distributor for Aarons in the Northeast desired a dedicated snow throwing machine for home snow removal instead of just the attachment. Now, Russ, I know you have uh, a sizable driveway. Yeah. We ha have a sizable driveway here. Um, it's not always affordable for somebody to have uh, a snow removal company come here, plow you out. It's not always affordable for everybody to have a truck with a snow plow on the front of it. Right. Um, we, we sort of have to make do, right? And, and in this time, making do was probably just shoveling. Exactly. I mean, I mean can you imagine what this Aaron's snow throw did for these individuals exactly and just in our home state of wisconsin right so uh enter 1960 the aaron's company produces one of their most successful and longest lasting product lines um these things are literally built like tanks i'm fairly certain they're bulletproof you could probably shoot at it and it would probably throw the bullet back in your <laughs> face um and year after year countless feet of snowfall these snow throwers uh, have our backsides covered and our driveways cleared. Steve Aarons uh, eventually passed the reins to his son, Michael, uh, and the company was growing significantly. They built a new manufacturing facility and they were set to make a series of acquisitions. Most notably, in 1982, they acquired Gravely, uh, which is a longtime manufacturer of commercial lawn mowing, zero turns, and uh, some gardening equipment. Uh, Huge acquisition at yeah. this point. I mean, clearly, Aaron's has their own set of uh, lawn mowers and and kind of uh, gardening equipment and things like that. But uh, acquiring a name like Gravely at that time uh, means that you you're doing well. Oh yeah, when you start you know doing yeah. acquisitions into your company, you know, huge. It's huge, absolutely huge. Yeah, like I mean, Generac and Dr. Recently, which is a huge acquisition. Exactly. So. So in uh, 1995, they acquired the Stens Corporation, which was an aftermarket parts supplier. And uh, as a part of the Aaron's family, the Stens catalogs have grown to offer parts that fit over 20,000 applications. Wow. That's massive. It and, is. And it's huge. To be able to, to offer a catalog that, that gets you the, the parts and, uh, and all the things and the hardware needed to um, fix or even make upgrades to their own equipment is great. Yeah, I mean, as someone who's like engineering and uh, manu mechanical engineering inclined, like it's nice to have something like that to uh, even update a snowblower you have that's maybe not the best condition. You can get an Aaron's uh, yep. aftermarket part to add on to it to make it better. Exactly. And, and which is great. 
Yeah, and, and the availability of these uh, parts and, and hardware uh, is huge because sometimes you end up getting a product that doesn't even have that support for anything uh, after the initial purchase. You know, if you get a year or two into this thing and all of a sudden something breaks, uh, when you're dealing with other companies and other manufacturers, you might be up shit's creek. Exactly. But with something from the Aaron's company, you're not. I mean, you have the ability and you have the that that kind of almost locally local family feel to it that that you're able to provide uh, some sort of a solution for that. Exactly. So the uh, current company president and another member of the Aaron's family lineage, Dan Aaron's, has shaped the company and expertly guided them into the new millennium. Uh, in, in order to promote one of the Aaron's company's core values, which was intellectual curiosity, the uh, the company gave back to the community by funding the Aaron's Technolo- uh, Aaron's Technology and Engineering Education Center at Brilliant High School, uh, which is a cutting-edge facility and helps young students develop their technical problem-solving skills and introduces them to new relationships, uh, even with the Aaron's uh, uh, employees, which is yeah. awesome. Like, they're, they are still hands-on in this thing. And uh, um, just absolutely a phenomenal company that you, that you really uh, are proud to say are Wisconsin locals, you know? Yeah, so. and I, I agree. I mean, so for me, you know, Brilliant, Wisconsin is not one of our bigger cities. It's a smaller area, which is really cool that they can do this for a smaller area. Like a company like this size, if you go to a Fleet Farm, Farm and Fleet, Menards, you know, a lot of these big chains that are, you know, hardware supplying stores, you're going to find an errands in there, which exactly. is huge. And in fact, you know, when we first bought our house, this has been two years uh, as of October, uh, it, we were shortly approaching the um, winter season and we we didn't have anything. We came from an apartment, so we didn't have any, any sort of equipment or, or anything to be prepared to cut a one acre lawn like we have to, you know, clear a driveway that's, you know, nearly 200 feet long just at its, at its, you know, point from the road to the to the garage i mean we didn't we weren't prepared for that and uh that was the first thing we thought of was well uh where do we go to get an Aaron snow throw because that's yeah, yeah. that's what we have seen when you go to packer games you understand that that's the official snowblower of the uh, lambeau field this is just a name that we've seen growing up in the state of wisconsin that you know and trust and because you know uh, uh, an organization like the green bay packers would trust it to uh, clear the field and clear all the parking lots. And, you know, I mean, that's huge. Um, not yeah. that they necessarily use a snowblower to clear all the parking lots, but sidewalks and things that's errands. Yeah. So when I first moved to, you know, the farm that we have now, I, I was kind of in the midst of shopping and, uh, errands was the one that popped up as the most durable and like the best reviewed as one of the, uh, quality snow throwers. So, you know, there was there was a time where I, I, I had a limited budget. I really wanted one, and I'm still looking at getting one in the near future here. I, yeah. I love the Aaron's company. And actually, I didn't know they're from Wisconsin until Eric uh, mentioned this to me, which I'm even more proud of, which will mean I will get one now. Yeah, mine, I have I currently have the 28-inch Deluxe, um, two-stage, uh, as, I, as mentioned, uh, year after year, snowfall after snowfall. This thing just fires up. I store it down in the in the other outbuilding I have here on the property for, you know, the f- five or six months that you don't, you know, use it or anything like that. And then all of a sudden you you drag it all the way back up to the house, easy to throw yeah, or uh, easy to push rather. And then 
I get it all ready to rock and roll, change out some spark plugs, change the oil, get everything rocking and rolling, make sure my, uh, my shear bolts are good. And then all of a sudden you're, you're rocking and rolling. You throw some fresh gas in, you plug it into the outlet really quick, press the little electric start button. Boom. Done. I know. Right. And for me, like when I'm making a purchase, Wisconsin is the first thing in mind. Like I have a Generac generator, Mm -hmm. you know, I have, um, you know, Fiskers, which is Madison. It, they're actually a Finnish company, but Madison's where they're distributed out of. So I was anything, just going to say, isn't that Swedish or Finnish? It, it's or Finnish, yeah. But so what I do is I try to find these companies that are, you know, supporting America first, but then Wisconsin next, because I love our state. I'd do anything to support it. I buy Wisconsin beer mostly. I buy Wisconsin products. And uh, yeah, Aaron's is just one of those companies that's up there as a top dog, top notch company. And I recommend anyone go and get these. And another one that we'll, you know, we'll do another episode on as well is uh, Briggs and Stratton. Yeah. Another, you know, uh, yard tool that you have to use as a push mower for edging, for, you know, lining. Some people just use it to mow their whole lawn if they have a small enough lawn. Um, the one thing that I knew when, you know, looking into the, the push mower uh, stuff I said it has to have a Briggs and Stratton motor. So that was like the one thing that, you know, they don't produce uh, the full lawnmower themselves, but hey, whatever company, whatever's powering this thing has to be Briggs and Stratton. Yeah. And, you know, so this is a very controversial statement, but, you know, there's that debate about Case versus John Deere. Yeah. So for a Wisconsinite, you choose red over green. Case IH, baby. Case IH is the way to go. It's Wisconsin original. You, you got to go Case International. Yeah. I mean, you, you just have to. And, you know, we like we talked about on uh, one of our episodes recently about J.I. Case, who was from Racine, Wisconsin as well. You know, if, you, if you're driving out there, you're going to see the big Case International. So when it comes to equipment, buy Wisconsin. Aaron's, top-notch company, buy Aaron's. You're going to see reviews online. These are top-notch. Like Eric said, you can probably fire machine gun rounds at it, and that's not going to damage it. No. The thing's built it's like amazing. a beast. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, as Russ said, buy local. It's definitely worth it. And honestly, all of these companies have been around and producing uh, these awesome products for so long, so they're trustworthy as well. This is amazing. All right, so on to our music segment We actually have a band called Feed the Dog. They are another one of these just epically great uh, um, uh, bluegrass kind of bands. I mean, they're just, they're they're classic. And honestly, for us to be able to get all of these to, uh, to allow us to promote and kind of throw that out there is huge. I'm absolutely a, a, a giant fan of, um, of their music so yeah we've been we've been so lucky with uh the music department i mean we we've we've had the top-notch bands i mean like horseshoes and hand grenades honey goats yeah i mean there's just so many chicken wire empire i mean we've just been so lucky honestly and you know I, i'm really excited to feature these guys they're really good music eric introduced me to him i I've, i have not heard of them before eric mentions them and um but yeah i'm really excited to have them on today yeah so the song that we chose is uh, Beer for Breakfast. They actually sent this to us, uh, special for this. Uh, absolutely amazing music. I honestly uh, encourage everyone to go out, find them on uh, on the streaming sites. Uh, if you can, pick up a, a CD or an album wherever, uh, wherever they are sold. Reach out to them directly, too. They're absolutely personable uh, gentlemen, and uh, uh, they're, they're super, uh, super happy to uh, kind of 
coexist in this Wisconsin uh, cool uh, environment that we that we've built. So uh, again, without further ado, this is feed the dog beer for breakfast. breakfast I didn't go out last night I'm sitting on my front porch trying to catch a buzz the leaves are a-changing the sky is turning gray drinking's in my culture that's the way it's gonna stay Sipping on that lager, drinking a can of light. I'm living the high life and everything is all the lager, crushed cans of light, live the high life, gonna pass out tonight. 
All right. Again, that was Feed the Dog, and the song was Beer for Breakfast. You definitely got to go check these guys out. Anytime that they're in your area, I know that they do uh, also um, do like the festivals and that sort of stuff. Any any of the the concerts and stuff. As soon as the kids go in again, you know, obviously uh, the rhetoric here is that it's COVID and you can't do anything. Everything's shut down. It's not normal. Whatever. I know we keep saying that, but um, when they are. Uh, up and up and going, and they're traveling and, and touring again. Damn, you got to go see these yeah, guys. Yeah, that that, that it is like is the amazing. It is like the best version of uh, the, this, like almost like rock version of like bluegrass and stuff. It's so good. Yeah, I absolutely I agree. Um, so we have another beer review for you all again, and this one comes to us from Eagle Park, yes. right here in Muskego, Wisconsin. Yeah, another one from uh, our our home of the studio in Muskego, Wisconsin, from Eagle Park. Um, this one's called Pink House, and it's a Berliner Weiss um, with black currants brewed into it. Um, coming in at 4.6 ABV, um, right off the bat, I'm getting a little tartness from the currants. Damn near sour, yeah. Yeah, it's it's almost like a sour flavor. You're getting a little fruit fruit forward. And, I mean, a, a, a currant is kind of a more sour berry that grows here in Wisconsin. Yeah. But it, it's really good. Um, the color is really neat, actually. It's a, it's a pink color. Which is really cool. It fits the name Pink Houses. I yeah. mean, that is... The the beer is... It pours pink, which is Little crazy. Little Pink Houses for, for you, you and me. me. For you and me. John Coogs. Yeah, a little, little bit of Cougar Mountain Camp. But uh, yeah, the can's really cool. The art is phenomenal on these cans. And uh, like we said before, Eagle Park makes amazing beer. And uh, we've been really trying to get them on the show. They're a, they're a great brewery here in Muskego. They're, they're music... Uh, they're musicians. They're music fans. Uh, honestly, if you get a chance to go to the Eagle Park, uh, it's like the ta- tap room brewery and uh, restaurant right in Muskego. It is a phenomenal operation. Uh, not only is the uh, place massive, but uh, the the canning operation and stuff that they do there, they do a little bit of a tour. Um, not exactly sure how that how the outlook of that is. Uh, you know, as we move forward in in this world, um. But the 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 facility is just absolutely phenomenal, and uh, even better yet, the product that they create and brew is top notch, really top notch. Yeah. So the the can art, um, for example, it's it's like really this like indie art, I would say, like independent artists, and uh, it actually says the art is by um, BearBear.co at BearBear.co, and um, yeah, I mean every can is just phenomenally crafted. The beer is phenomenal. Um, I love the name Pink House. Is obviously John Cougar fan, um, but it's it's like the carbonation is perfect. The cans are greatly carbonated. Um, this is a really cold. Like this has been sitting in the fridge. It's really cold and yeah. crisp. I love it. It pours pink. It has a little tartness. Um, I you know it's not a sour, but it like leans a little more sour to me because the um, natural fruit in it. It's yeah. like a more of a tangy fruit. It does, and it and it uh, again. It's just a, it's a damn good beer. It's a solid product. It just yeah, tastes really, so damn good. I'm really enjoying it, and uh, like I said, you know, if you're gonna branch out and try something unique, this is another unique beer you got to try. It's not, you know, it's not gonna have that Miller Lite Bush f- flavor to it. It's not gonna have that standard Pilsner, but it's something new to branch out and try. Yeah, and it's really good. And they recently just expanded their. Uh, 
their distribution as well. So they're still only Wisconsin, but um, they've expanded it a little bit. Uh, most of the southern half of Wisconsin has the uh, has the fortunate you know uh, ability to to grab this. I know really really far north stuff, uh, not quite yet. I know I think they were still not in Racine or Kenosha yet either. Wow. Um, so they're Milwaukee surrounding area. Yeah, exactly. But and 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 pretty far up too. They just recently, okay. like I said, grabbed another distributor to to throw them even further north, but not quite, you know, uh, past the the midway point in the state either. So yeah, but I I really love it. Um, I recommend you checking it out. Again, it's called Pink Houses, and it's from Eagle Park here in Muskego, Wisconsin. Grab a case. I think they come in four packs. The four pack, yeah. But they're pint cans, so you're gonna get a lot of beer in one can. Yeah. And they're one of those beers. They're four point six, so you can drink them during the day. They're refreshing. Um, you know, you can drink them on a hot day, cold day. You know, you get that nice summer flavor from the black currants coming through. But yes, again, check them out. Now on to the infamous how many loco segment that we do here. Yeah, and we got a good one coming out of the uh, Janesville area. Um, a thirty-four year old Janesville man and a forty-one year old Milton woman face operating or OWI operating while intoxicated charges after being involved in two separate crashes in the same place on the same night. Janesville police Lieutenant says an officer was assisting a stalled motorist about 9:30 PM Monday on the center Avenue bridge when a vehicle slammed into her parked squad car. <laughs> yeah. So the, after the police closed the bridge to investigate, another driver attempted to go around the squad car and crashed into the bridge abutment. Jesus. Yeah. As a result, um, they both face OWI charges. Clark, um, the, the, the person that's, adds that's the uh, that's the lieutenant. Yeah. The they adds the officer did suffer a minor back injury, but is already back on patrol. Yeah. So thank get, you. Thank you so much for your you know. So as we know, the uh, Rock County area is one of the top drunk driving. Um, they tally some some good as, amounts as, there. As one of the drunkest cities in America. Yeah. Rock County, um, Beloit, Janesville area are one of the top. Um, so we got a 34-year-old Janesville man and a 41-year-old woman. So they're veterans of drinking. I mean, I'm, I'm about the same age as the, the, the one man. So, I mean, I've had my share of beer, but uh, I'm always safe about it. Yeah. So we got a 34 and a 41. So they're, they're veterans of drinking. They both, um, both hit, hit things. We're, we're dealing yeah, right. with accidents here. So, so one is stopped. Drunk driving. We don't. We don't have a lot of information on this one. It's a pretty small article, but it's one of those crazy ones that we had to report on. So we have two people. We got the thirty-four-year-old Janesville man and the forty-one-year-old Milton woman. Mm-hmm. Um. I, so, so, but so here, let's let's. Yeah, we got to break look, down the evidence here. Yeah. So the um, which one hit the car? So I believe the um man was pulled over, right? So a stalled motorist was the man. And I believe that the woman was the one who crashed into the him and the abutment. I believe. Yeah, but who? But someone crashed into the the squad car, though. Yes. I thought one crashed into a squad car. Yes. So the the man was the abutment, which made his car stall on the bridge. Got it. The woman hit the back of the car because she didn't see him because of drunk driving. I well, believe. Wait, hang on a second. I think that's how it goes, and I, I, I we don't know one hundred percent here. So the bridge when a vehicle. So they had, they had already. So the the police lieutenant there was assisting with a stalled motorist. Um, uh, and that was Monday on the center Avenue bridge when a vehicle slammed into her, uh, parked squad car. So we know that at one point 
he was he was helping a, or she was helping a stranded motorist and oh, the, the car okay. was hit. I see what you're saying. So she got then, hit and then one came around and hit the abutment because the yeah. driver was stalled. It wasn't a stalled drunk so driver. Both both people, both of our, our parties here, the thirty four year old Janesville man and the forty year old woman from Milton, they both are OWI with crashes. Okay, so we don't have a lot of evidence here. So yeah. we got 34-year-old man, Janesville Rock County, which we know is one of the top drinking areas. We know um, they hit a cop car, first one. Yep. And the other one hit the abutment. Trying to go around. Trying to go around. Smashing into the bridge a little so bit So we know they're both snockered. They're probably going to be on the same local level, I'm thinking. They're probably pretty close yeah. to the same local level. Um, the the six-year advance, you know, the seven-year um Difference in difference age. isn't going to play much into this, I don't think. I mean, the fact that she's older and she's a woman, though, yeah, gets I mean, me. The, so maybe she's a little less, lower. a little less. So the forty, the thirty-four year old man, I'm guessing, is a twelve local or three, three. cans. Yep, three That's cans. Exactly what I was thinking. The woman local. is a one and a half, two local. So we're going six to eight loco on her. I'm thinking. Yeah, that's is my it, exact I, I mean, that's opinion. that's okay. That's exactly what I was thinking. And like like I said, we don't have a lot of information. I'm glad nobody was hurt, and I'm glad she only suffered a minor back injury and's back on the job. Yeah, it, it's you know like we talk about every time. Don't end up on our show, please. No, and like and we, we don't, don't want hear. we don't want you on our show. This is not how we uh, anticipate moving forward with this show. In in a perfect society, we wouldn't have this segment at all. Yeah, which is why we don't mention names because we don't we don't want to give them any more shame. I mean, it, it stinks. Like yeah. nobody wants. I mean, the this. articles are there. The the, the you names can, are you always can look listed them, in You the can articles. look them up if you really want to know. So. Yeah, we we just choose personally to try not to say uh, the the people who are who are committing the crime. Right, but I'm glad um, um, Officer Kleisner is okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, nobody wants a police officer to be injured. I mean, it's a job that you know not everybody wants. It's a dangerous job. Yeah. to tell you the truth. So. You know, I'm glad she's okay. I'm glad she's back on the job. But um, like I said before, we got Ubers, we got taxis, we got so many options. The Tavern League, the Tavern League of Wisconsin just, is great. Just get a ride home. Don't yeah. don't be these two people, please. Drive sober or get pulled over. Drink Wisconsinably. Drink Wisconsinably. All right, today we're here with Tom from Young Blood Brewery in uh, Madison, Wisconsin. Um, Tom, how are you doing? I am wonderful. How are you guys? Not too bad. Doing well. So, uh, can you give us a little history about how you guys got started at Youngblood? Uh, yeah, for sure. So, we uh, opened to the public in uh, May of 2020. Uh, so, yes, you know, <laughs> really good time to open. Right, right, <laughs> right. Perfect timing. Uh, so, we've been going at it for about five, six months now. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, all things considered, it's going pretty well. Yeah, Good. I know. I know. Eric was uh, he was the one who mentioned to me. He said it's a great brewery. You got to check yeah, it out. So I'm sure. pretty excited about it. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean we're uh, we're located right down kind of off the Capitol Square in Madison. You know, uh, across from the Majestic Pier on King Street. So uh, it's you know we got the tap room. We're also distributing in cans and you know out on drafts. So. Uh, it's been that's been good. Yeah, I know. With uh, live on King Street, you guys are going to get slammed. Yeah, as soon as we get yeah. back to normal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, uh, I, you know, we we really left out the location. It's a great location, right in the middle of everything. Um, but obviously, just kind of a, a, a weird time right now. Agreed. Um, can you give us a little bit about um, some upcoming beers you guys have that we need to try? Yeah, or just beers in general. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So um, 
one thing with us is we very rarely remake the same beer. So, um, you know, we have stuff that has, you know, uh, you know, been around, but it's not like we, um, you know, have like a flagship or anything like that that we make all the time. Um, so we make a ton of IPAs. We also um, kind of delve into sours and then um, some Belgian, um, you know, kind of European styles. Um, that, that's kind of where we, you know, focus our time and energy. Um, I, there's a really cool um, uh, beer that we've got coming up. It's called Spaghetti Monster, and it's a <laughs> uh, Belgian Golden Strong. So it's, it's the biggest beer we've ever uh, made. And it's got, uh, you know, it's, it's very traditional kind of Belgian golden strong ale, but it's, you know, tops 11% ABV. Um, it'd be really nice as the weather kind of starts to turn, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Are you guys going to use a little bit of beet sugar in there then? So, um, you know, that's a good question. I don't believe, uh, I, Kyle, who's our, our brewer and one of my partners, I, he would be the one to, to comment on that but I, i'm trying to remember if it was just a if it was a larger malt bill or if he added any you know additional fermentables to it i i off the top of my head i don't know yeah and that's fine i mean we we, we made a couple different variations of uh some beet sugar we made some homemade stuff me and eric yep. yeah and uh yeah i'm pretty excited to check it out I, I can't wait to get up to the madison area i i really hope covid kind of tapers off yeah yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, we all do. I mean, we, uh, you know, it's funny because we are we are distributed out in cans and that sort of thing. But uh, when we originally concepted the brewery, um, there was no plans to distribute cans. It was going to be sell most of what we make in our tap room and then do some draft sales. And then, you know, obviously in you know late March we said, okay, well, we got to rethink that plan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What and so. So do you guys have a canning operation on site or do you guys go through uh, somebody else to, to can? Yeah, we, we go through, uh, there's another local brewery in town who basically we, so what we do is we fill uh, half barrels, um, truck it over to them, and then they pump it into their you know, bright tank, uh, yeah. carbonate it to you know, where we want it to be, and then package it on their machine. We, we have, our, our facility is less than 2,000 square feet, so it's... Um, it's really, really small for a brewery. Yeah, definitely. Though, I mean, you got to, you got to, you know, just be fluid with the times. And I'm glad you guys have been. That way, we can, uh, we can definitely taste all the, all the wonderful uh, things you guys brew. Yeah, well, we, it's funny because we actually cut a hole in the floor of our brewery and, and dropped our tanks in there, so they kind of like peek up out of the basement. But it's kind of cool because you can like overlook it while you're having a drink and, and you know kind of look down into it and that was a really great idea when we weren't going to be selling a lot of beer in cans but now we basically keg you know we put everything in kegs and then we have to get it up you know from the basement to the first floor and then out to uh to have a can so like every week we're you know hauling 20 half barrels out of the basement uh, just <laughs> that's not even like the quarter barrels that we're putting it out into distribution so it's uh you know things things have a funny way of working out sometimes. so you guys are pretty buff then yeah yeah <laughs> um and uh but but kyle is like this he's like a small kind of slender guy um but i mean that dude can like huff half barrels like i've never seen i mean it's it's i don't know where the all the muscles are it's it's, it's crazy <laughs> 
Yeah, that's really awesome. And I know, obviously, we've been talking about it, but um, do you guys have any like current events where people can still come in and try your beer? Yeah, absolutely. So we're we're open to the public. Um, we have uh, you know, patio like right now. Obviously, I'm sure the patio is you know uh, really busy with the with the weather that we're having. Um, but we're open at 25% cap capacity, so people can come in, uh, check it out. Um, and then you know we've got you know like a Black Friday release that we're going to be doing with uh, you know some some weird beers that's not you know it's not available out in distribution. Um, and then we've got some holiday promotions that we're doing too. So, you know, we're, we're definitely open and you know, we've got food. Um, like I said, we can, we can have about 30 people in there at any given time. Uh, awesome. we have everything spaced out for, you know, COVID, uh, uh precautions and following the guidelines and those sorts of things. Awesome, Tom. Yeah. We can't wait to get up. I there. definitely cannot wait to get up there. Yeah. Let me know when you guys are uh, coming up. I'd love to have a beer with you and, you know, show you around. Sure, we'll awesome. talk more beer too. Like to see the like hole that. in your ground. All right, so before we let you go, um, we have our questions we always ask. Uh, how Wisconsin are you? Uh, are you ready? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay, so our first question we got for you: Have you ever eaten a cheek, a squeaky <laughs> cheese curd? Not a cheeky, <laughs> not a cheeky squeeze curd. <laughs> yeah. Cheeky and squeaky cheese yeah. curds. Yes, yes, absolutely. All right, awesome. Yeah, that's that's one that you know it's it's kind of one we might have to take off our list because I think everybody has had a squeaky cheese curd at some point in Wisconsin. Yeah, like Wisconsin. you can't, yeah. all the gas stations have them. Everybody's got them. Everyone's totally, got them. Totally. Now, I remember like uh, we would. So I'm from like the Milwaukee area, and you know cheese curds. You certainly get cheese curds, but I remember we would go on like um, you know traveling like uh, like like we would play baseball and we would like travel around. And I remember like specifically going up to like the Madison area or like areas out further outside of Milwaukee. And yeah. It was like that's when we got like the real good cheese curds. Yeah, for sure. All right, have you ever tailgated at a Brewers, Packers, or a Badgers game? All three. Oh, the, the trifecta. trifecta. Nice. <laughs> That's Man. awesome. Yeah, I'm a big, big sports fan. That's so cool. I mean, we we've been getting a lot of trifectas lately, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you know that's one of the great things about being from Wisconsin is the kind of like game day tailgating culture. And you know, like I said, I'm from Milwaukee area originally, and and uh, you know we used to go to Brewer games. You know, kind of on the drop of the hat, you get a little make a little more plan now that i live in madison to yeah but, you know, back in the day it was like what's what are we doing oh, let's go to the game yep exactly you grab the charbroil that's, that's how we would oil. do <laughs> yeah, yeah. Heck yeah i got the i got the one that uh you know folds up you know it's like a propane but, yep uh, folds up and just throw it right in the back of the car that's built, the it, ultimate tailgater it was literally built for milwaukee brewers games <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> the, the, uh, the mb edition yeah right right all right so have you ever hit a deer I have hit a deer, yes, although not in Wisconsin. Really? Is, yeah, I was in, uh, where were we? It was like somewhere out west. I was doing a road trip with a couple of guys also from Wisconsin. And Damn. And we hit a deer in like Utah or something. Oh, like man. A Mormon deer. A Jay Smith yeah. deer. Dude, wow. you hit a Joseph Smith. <laughs> A, All ten, right. a ten point Joseph Smith. All right. Well, we didn't even see it because then you know we were like it it the uh, middle of the night and then off the side of the road and uh, uh, you know it was like a, a steep hill too so we were just like I mean I guess maybe it wasn't a deer but I mean we're fairly, fairly 
It was like a bar fight out in the middle of the road. You just got out and you punched the deer in the face. <laughs> Get out of the road. All right. Have you ever had a true muddled old fashioned and do you prefer sweet or sour? So I'm a brandy sweet guy. And yep. uh, yes, sure. I have had uh, many a muddled old fashioned in my life. Yeah, I like both. A sweet's more preferable to me, but yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm a brandy yep. sour guy, but okay, all right, yep. It's uh, I think sweet is the first way I've had them, and so it's just kind of always been the go-to for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever milked a cow? No, I have not. That's I, mean, I gotta add that to my list. Here. You got you gotta try it. Grab yeah. another one of these days. <laughs> no, never have. Never all right, have. <laughs> just grab the bag and hang on. <laughs> so uh a controversial question uh what do you consider to be up north oh that's a good one um okay so i think once you get past like the fox valley that's up north okay that's, so that's like, not bad uh, uh that's oshkosh area ish yeah exactly exactly once okay. you go past like oshkosh appleton um i feel like that's that's up north so anything kind of whatever that you know, whatever that parallel is. Yeah. Is, yeah, is yeah. yeah. Definitely better than my description. I thought at first, and I was corrected, <laughs> but I thought at first it was anything north of the Dells. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I live in Madison now. If I live in Milwaukee, <laughs> yeah. That's right. the problem. I that way. But, yeah, I just feel like, uh, I just feel like there's still, I, I feel like up north is like once you kind of like are out of the larger cities. Yeah. You know, and, so, like, Fox Valley to me still has got a lot of people, a lot of activity. Once you go past that, it's, you know, you're, you're, in, you're, in, you're, you're up north. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And so, uh, supper clubs, uh, do you have a favorite? Um, I kind of like Toby's um, up here in the, the Madison area. Yeah. Um, that's, a real, that's a real good one. Um, I mean, it's just, maybe this is going to sound, bring out the snob in me, and, and I don't even know if it is people consider it a supper club. But I also really, really love uh, Tornado in Madison just because, you know, I've been in the service industry for a long time. So I always remembered, like, being able to, like, go there and kind of have their late night menu. And that was always, you know, kind of a nice thing. My wife, actually, we would, like, for her birthday several times, we would, like, go get, like, uh, dessert somewhere and then, like, make sure we stayed up late enough to, like, hit Tornado's late night menu. So I'm a big fan of that one as well. And I don't... I don't know if that qualifies because it's like right by the square and it's kind of, uh, you know, it's not your traditional like Wisconsin supper club. Yeah. No, and we had uh, one barrel uh, on uh, a while ago, but they they also mentioned Toby's. Um, they did not mention anything about tornadoes, but that's one that oh, we're right. going to have to check out. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's great. It's uh, like it's one block off the square, basically. Awesome. And, and really good place. Okay, next question. <clears throat> If you have uh, beer brats, is there a young blood beer we should try? Oh, um, yes. Um, so I, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of stuff that goes good with brats, obviously. But I mean, I would I would gravitate towards one of our um, IPAs. We do a lot of you know hazy IPAs and that sort of thing. Um, I, I said we don't remake a lot of beer. There is one that we're going to be making. Uh, remaking here in the next month or two, and it's called Murder Hornet is my safe word. Uh, so, so that, that would be my pick if, uh, if I awesome. was. <laughs> That's a great name. Murder like, Hornet is my safe word. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> One of the 
first beers we ever made. Um, people really dug it, and so we're we're gonna bring it back in, in a, uh, a month or two here. <laughs> I'm in. I love awesome. it. Awesome. And then uh, Bloody Marys. Do you have a way you make yours? I do. So uh, I, I use my brother's recipe. My brother is uh, or was a bartender for a long time, and um, so he gave me a recipe. Um, I mean, tomato juice, obviously, and then a whole mess of, of other things. The one weird ingredient that he's got in there that I think is a little unique is uh, Guinness. So he's got like uh, oh, okay. Some almost stout. a whole can of Guinness in the uh, in the Bloody Mary mix. Wow, that sounds really amazing. I've never actually tried that. I'm going to give a shot. And I, honestly, yeah, I'm... I'm the type that doesn't really love to do the whole beer in the bloody kind of thing. Because uh, that's sort of like a, a a game here in Wisconsin where you, you do like uh, a beer in the Clamato and that's like the drink, right? And I, yeah, yeah, I just totally. can't, I, I don't subscribe to that. But I do okay. like where you're at with this because it's a, it's a darker, deeper flavor. And mm-hmm. you're still adding in some of the other flavors that you're getting anyway. Oh, yeah, totally. So, I mean, it's like. You know, there's tomatoes or uh, tomato juice. You got the Worcestershire, you know, garlic, you know, all the all the normal stuff, and then um, the the Guinness gives it this kind of richer, you know, kind of body, you know, kind of backbone thing. To it, I like so. it. No, that's it, good. It sounds great. Uh, we're gonna have to give idea. that a shot. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you guys the recipe. Awesome. <laughs> that Do sounds it. great. Absolutely. And then we got one more question before we let you go today. Besides Youngblood, is there another brewery, brew pub, anywhere you recommend our uh, listeners go and check out, even if it's not in Wisconsin? Um, well, I mean, I'll stick with a Wisconsin one just because I think they're doing really, really good stuff, and they're good friends of ours who have uh, done a lot to help us get off the ground. Um, I would say Working Draft. Um, they're um, off of kind of like the Willie Street area, maybe like like five minutes out of downtown. Um, Tapper is not open right now, um, but they are putting beer into cans. And, and once, you know, COVID kind of gets a little more under control, their, their taproom is awesome. They, they had, we're doing things very similar to the way we were going to, you know, really, um, kind of bustling taproom, um, and, uh, beer is phenomenal and they're, they're really great people. Yeah. We had them on the show. They're really good guys. And, uh, uh I used to live on uh, Willie's and Rogers there. So I know that area pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, they're, they're awesome. Uh, we actually were waiting on kegs to come in before we opened. So the very first beer we ever put into kegs was actually in working draft kegs because they let us borrow some of theirs uh, while we were waiting on ours. That's that's cool. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah, they're super cool, guys. We were glad to have them on the show. Obviously, we love working draft. We love young blood. That's why we had to have you on. Eric's yeah. been talking to you guys up for a long time. Here, Definitely. So. Yeah, for the last well, few months, for sure. But thank you, Tom, for your time. Um, I know it's a Sunday, and we really appreciate it. It's a little late in the day, you know. Wisconsin Church Sunday. Hey, no, we didn't no, mean no that Packer t- game, so we're no good Packer on that. Game, so. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. We're happy to to talk about what we're doing here, and and I uh, I appreciate you guys asking us. This is great. Yeah, thank we'll, you so much, Tom. We'll, we'll definitely connect in the future, and we'll we'll come down and try some beers and tour the facility. That sounds great. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Happy Sunday. All right. That concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, 
please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening, and remember as always, watch out for deer on your way home.